We in. What's up? Chris is doing uh, spirit hands for those who can't see us. Not exactly spirit hands. What's the difference in spirit hands and what you're doing? This is... Is there a finger thing involved so in spirit the, hands? Well, I, are you talking about like jazz hands? Yes. That's what yeah. I meant. I meant jazz hands. Jazz hands is this. Are you sure about this that? Is, this is... Mitz- Bruh. Is have that you not seen Bring thing? It On? These are jazz hands. The fingers? That's... I can't even do that. These are jazz hands. Not, not like this? This... This, this is, this is Creepo Midsummer shit. This is the Midsummer. But like, I just assumed Jazz Hands was just kind of doing a similar thing. The fingers are important to Jazz Hands? Oh yeah, hands? absolutely. I didn't know that. That's what jazz, is it Bring It On or is it Fired Up? I can't help you with that. You would I know the answer to that question. remember. I think it might, it's from one of those cheerleading movies. I'm sure you've seen both of those movies several times based on your personal history. I've seen, I've seen Fired Up more. Okay. To me, they're the same movie. Really? I don't know the difference. Like, I couldn't tell you who's in them. I know they're both about cheerleading. Kirsten Dunst, Gabrielle Union, and Bring It On. I don't know if I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, it's like, there's like two guys. The dude that plays uh, Jan's uh, lover boy in The Office. The, 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 the secretary. asshole guy. No, the secretary. Oh, Jan's lover boy. Sorry. Oh, oh, music boy? Yeah. Fucking fake John Denver? Yeah. Oh my God. He he's in fired up. What a deep pool. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. All right. So we're not talking about fired up. I'm talking about way better, way better movie. <laughs> and either we of those movies combined. Are talking about our poll winner for the week, Midsummer. Mm-hmm. It's a tight race. Yeah. I had to go out there and like get some last minute votes to get a winner. Eked out. I was because we would we literally just talked about what if we what if we tied last week for the first time and then it almost happened. So I had to prevent it from happening. Because I don't want to figure out what to do if it, if it. Ties. I was try- I was I was like like laying down trying to think of like some some options. I was thinking about like uh, doing a thing where like if we tie right, like mm-hmm. we do like a, a coin toss, right? Okay. Each of us picks a movie, whatever you know. So like you could have been like midsummer, I could have been, been like yesterday, right? We 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 pick that movie, right? So and then uh, whoever. So so we flip the. Why the, wouldn't we just coin. be like midsummer is heads? No, no, no. So, well, this, it makes it more interesting. Oh, okay. Right? So, it makes it more interesting. So, whoever wins, right? Like, we watch that movie, right? Uh-huh. So, we have that element that you're talking about right now, right? We have that, and then whoever wins also gets to choose what the other person has to watch. So, we do, like, an extra spoiler episode. You're just really trying to get me to watch Hereditary. I'm trying to get... Well, I just... I think it's an interesting <laughs> element. I, I just I just think it's something that, like, like we can, you know... Prescribe each Actually, other movies. What is something that you would make me watch that I wouldn't want to watch more than Hereditary? Because I would like, if you were to force me to watch something, you're like, watch Hereditary, be like, okay, cool, it's, it's probably really good. I just, you know, but, I'm never in the mood to watch Hereditary. But it's it's not just about like me trying to get specific movies. Oh, I think it is. Get you to watch specific I think it movies is, though, here. Deep I just down. think it's an interesting thing. I think it is think, deep down. You know, like, but there's a lot of movies that we both want to watch that we, you know, don't have a particular reason to watch. So what if we, 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 we know, did it like, each other what if we did it like colors, right? Like, you know, if you take some red, you take some blue, you get purple. What if the poll tied? So we took Midsummer and Yesterday and we found what they are together. Movie? What is the middle of Midsummer and Yesterday? What's the creepiest uplifting musical you can think of? I don't know. Sweeney Todd? Maybe. I don't know. What's I don't know what the middle of Midsummer and Yesterday is, but we would have had to figure it out. <laughs> anyway, Midsummer, directed and written by Ari Aster, who is the 
also director and writer of of Hereditary, right? Uh, starring my girl Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Are you on the Pugh Pugh train? Are you going to join the train on the Pugh Pugh train? You on the Pugh Pugh train? <laughs> you joining the fan club? Yeah. Woohoo! He's is this the first thing you've seen her in? Uh, maybe. What, what else has she been in? Uh, I mean, I've, I, the, I first saw her on that Netflix movie with Chris Pine when he was the king, dude. I forget what it was called. Uh, and then effing, uh, fighting for my family. She's been in a bunch of like smaller stuff. Um, fighting with my family. Sorry. Uh, Outlaw King is the Netflix movie. Yep. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Those are the only things. And this are the other things I've seen her in. But I, after I watched Outlaw King, I was like, this girl is insanely talented. Mm-hmm. She's going to be dope. And I hopped on the Pew Pew train. Mm-hmm. I'm driving the Pew Pew train. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, yeah, I don't think I was. I was. I mean, I I really liked her performance. Yeah, she's she's great really actress. fucking good in this movie. Yeah. Also, you would never know from this movie, but she's British. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. American accent. Right. Uh, Jack Rayner, who is born in Colorado, but he's Irish. He has a straight up Irish accent. I don't Interesting. Know yeah. So like both these. Uh, he's in Sing Street, characters. right? Yes. Yes. So he's he was someone. In, he I was, was in on one the, of the. He was in one of the really bad Transformers. Can I call it like a Jackmobile? If you have the Pew Pew train, sure. can I be on the Jackmobile? Yeah. I really like Jack Rayner as well. Uh, I think that his performance in uh, Sing Street was like it kind of colored Does the he lens sing? of of the of Jack's character in this movie, huh? Does he sing in Sing Street? Maybe. He's like he plays like an older brother character that's like sort of lovable, but uh, sort of like. Uh, like kind of, kind of, kind of quippy in a way, but like, like, like an older brother would be. Uh, but he's like showing his little brother, who's the main character of the movie, all of this like really cool music. Okay. So. Uh, the Swedish dude Wilhelm Blomgren. His name literally is with a V. I'm not just like taking Wilhelm and saying it weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Swedish people do that. It's a German thing, I think. Uh, my boy William Jackson Harper from The Good Place. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, I've I've never actually seen him in anything before. Uh, Will I eyebrows himself, Will Poulter? Who? What would people know Will Poulter from? He's been in a bunch of comedies. Wasn't he in a uh, Vacation? I think he was also in. Um, so he was in We're the Millers. Yeah, We're the Millers. That's what We're I the Millers. Is I knew the it biggest was. One. I knew it was something with with uh, with Jason Sudeikis in it. Yeah, um, We're the Millers was. Big. Oh, he was I'm in the Maze. Sure. He was in the Maze Runner movies too. But wasn't he also? What's the Leo DiCaprio uh, in your Risu movie? Oh my God, The Revenant was yeah, he in The Revenant? Yeah, I think he was, he was in, in The Revenant. Revenant as well. I'm pretty sure you're right. He was in Detroit. Yeah, played Bridger in The Revenant. Wow, he's done a lot of work, man. Mm-hmm. He's young too. Um, those but are the, the for main... the most part, like a comedic actor, which yeah. served to comes be through in really this movie. good casting. Yes, really and was I would say really necessary in this movie. Okay. The the comedic, not just his part, but right. just the comedic. We'll get to that. Thing. So run, run through your. The that's rest kind of the cast. big. That's okay. the big. That's the core group right. of the movie. Yeah. It's Jack Rayner's character, Christian, and his friends, okay. and his girlfriend. Do you have a synopsis pulled up? Do I have a synopsis pulled up? I yeah. mean, I have the the IMDb thing pulled up, so I can say, a couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of of a pagan cult mm-hmm. calling it a couple traveling is weird it's a group of friends traveling, yeah yeah but a, but, but the, the main two characters are, are the couple. a couple and it's mostly about yep. their relationship they bring along their friends to this uh, scandinavian fucking and their friends are all like 
are uh, anthropologists and shit. Mm-hmm. Like they're like one of them's there for his thesis, and yeah. there's a bunch. They're like they're like they're interesting characters. The, yeah, the characters are an interesting jumping in point. I think like the movie starts with a tragedy happening. Like that in and of itself was like a horrible short film. Not horrible that it's poorly done, but like tragic and awful to witness of Florence Pugh's family, mm-hmm. uh, her sister committing suicide right. and killing their parents via running tubes from the garage while running cars in, into their room and sealing their room and into her own fucking mouth. Right. It's awful. Really fucking dark. I, I, so the movie actually opens up, which is something I, 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 that we have to bring up if we're going to talk about Midsummer, which is this really interesting... Winter. Uh, well, this really interesting thematic element of seasons mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, shown both like with the movie itself and, 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 the, and this plot, but it's also shared within the, the festival itself and the culture uh, of this place that they're going to mm-hmm. where they they view the ages of people as basically seasons seasons so yeah that basically every 18 one years. to 17 a- 18 years yeah one yeah one to 18 is uh spring yep. and then 18 years after that is summer uh and then you have 18 years after that six would be fall and 54 then, um and yeah, then seven winter two but uh the very first and then thing, you jump off a cliff right i'm getting ahead of the horse spoilers. there but spoiler come on now <laughs> come on uh, all right, so the first thing, the first frame that we actually see of this movie is no, like, well, no, no, no. This, well, this really I'm thinking of the title card. I'm thinking of the title card. Right. So, but like the first frame that we see of this movie is are the seasons, like mm-hmm. that, like that little interesting, yes, that weird depiction. Art. That yeah, yeah, it's like a little painting. Dude, I like the, I tried so off. hard to decipher that shit uh-huh. in the amount. Like, there's not a lot of time it's right. up there, but I was like, what does this mean? What does it mean? Got to remember this stuff. For later, it's going to be important. <laughs> well, I was just like, like the, the first thing that like when, when I saw it, I was like, okay, what can I glean from this? And then the first, like what I thought picked up was like, okay, seasons. It's mm-hmm. winter, yeah. you know, spring, uh, summer, uh, summer fall. fall. Yeah, right. And all you've got to first, do is call. All you got to do is call. And I'll be there. <laughs> um, but it starts off with winter, right? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much exactly what the plot does itself. Yeah. Like we're going through this winter of Florence Pugh's. Uh, Not just her literal life. winter, but her life. Yeah. 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 Because like this is, it's, it's incredibly dark, both uh, visually what we're mm-hmm. seeing and, and, and what's actually happening yep. to this character. Yeah. And the, um, the whole, uh, it's, I don't know what you call it. Is it a murder? Is it a, I don't really know what you call it. The whole death thing is, is like interlocked with cu- cutting back to Florence Pugh freaking out. Cause she thinks something's going to happen to her family because of an email her sister sent. And it's a murder uh, suicide. Yeah. Uh, I think that is the word. And Jack Rayner being like, uh, it's basically introducing what their life is before this tragedy and what their mm-hmm. relationship is at. Cause we meet, we see how she interacts with him on the phone and then we see her like freaking out about the way he's talking to her, thinking he, he's going to break up with her. And then we see him interacting with his friends and how they're trying to tell him to break up with her and like all this stuff. And you get like an immediate snapshot of what the, di- the dynamic of this group is and this awful thing happening all like before the title card. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I forgot what I was going to say here. All right, so this this movie, the the, the way it, it it starts off, like we we see all of these like shots of winter and everything, right? Um, and I, I just enjoyed like the way that the, the slow way that they, mm-hmm. they brought us into this story. Uh, and then we're introduced to F- uh, Florence Pugh's character as well as Jack Rayner's character. Um, and the, the sort of dissonance, like, like they're sort of like on the brink of a breakup, right? Yeah. Um, if as, this didn't happen to her, 
he would have broken up with her right at, like in the, at least the in the near future like we're, we're, we would assume yeah. that um we're gonna get into a lot of the the relationship stuff between yeah, florence Pugh as very well as, interesting uh, yeah. as jack rayner um because there was a lot of interesting stuff Danny that i saw Christian, online that i was in the movie uh there's a lot of interesting stuff that i saw online um uh, oh, I'm sure this is the kind of movie where, like, you need multiple viewings True. to get. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But um, the the first thing that like just really fucking triggered me, that really got me, and I thought it was really interesting as far as like where the story ended up taking place. When this awful shit happens, I was like, oh man, this is really fucked mm-hmm. up. And it's like also like I enjoy like fucked upness, but I also enjoy like creative fucked upness. <laughs> like, have you ever seen like? that kind of thing before no. like like literally no. like fucking hoses no, coming no, 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 out no. that of was the crazy car. it was yeah. it took so much like incredibly forethought elaborate. and yeah, yeah yeah um and like the the just the the absolute like disgustingness of putting it in yeah it's horrible of, of, of just straight up sucking on a tailpipe yeah. but you know when you're in your bedroom yeah. you know um it's like it's and there's a lot of stuff i i watched an interview uh, with Ari Oster and uh, this other guy and this other guy was asking really good questions about how the Ariaster, like with both Hereditary and Midsummer, is like really good at sort of treading the line of absurdity. Um, sure. Um, like, like he kind of he, he steps up to this line where, like, if you took it any farther, you would be like, okay, this is almost kind of comical. Um, and th- like th- the sex scene. Okay, so th- <laughs> and, and that happens later on. But th- w- w- what I'm getting to here, so is like after this awful shit happens, we have this like slow pan in uh, of. Jack Rayner's character and Florence Pugh's characters. Can you can you uh, refresh me on their characters? Danny and well, Christian. Danny and Christian, uh, they're both like on a couch, and you just hear her, her Danny screaming, moaning, crying, wailing, like, and Which she does a lot in this movie. Haunting music playing yeah. while we're doing this, mm-hmm. right? And it's just a slow pan in of of him consoling her on the couch, mm-hmm. and she's just in a fetal position, yep. just. She's broken. She's fucked up. Yeah. In complete, like, in the pits of despair. And then we just go right into the window that's behind him that's showing snow. Yeah. Um, and then it goes into uh, that title the opening card. credits. Yeah. Right. Um, when I was watching that shot, I got this. I was thinking a lot of things. I was The main two things I was thinking of. One... Um, that kind of scene, you don't see a lot in movies. The way that it's depicted there, as far as like the the combination of the music that was dive, that was that was given to it, because and as and as well as the the way that Florence Pugh is performing mm-hmm. what she's because like a lot of times like despair, there's like there's like a romantic quality that's given to it. Um. And, and you a start lot of breaking see, things and you're breaking kind things. of raging there's anger there's yeah. anger but like for the most part it's like kind of like beautiful and like in a way romanticized mm-hmm. uh like that's the only way i can really describe it really right now or articulate it but in this movie it's shown as fucking haunting and ugly which and makes sense there the, like i just thought that was so fucking visceral and gripping the fact that like when you're when you show someone who is going through like completely losing their family their sister their and family. both of their their parents in such a awful and gruesome way mm-hmm. uh and and showing them go through that like to me the most realistic thing would be for, for that character 
uh, God, I already forgot her name. Danny. I'm sorry. For Danny to just be in a, the worst, ugliest, fucking awful place that you can imagine. Yeah. And like, and I got chills when I was watching that one fucking shot, man, mm-hmm. and just imagining the pits of despair. So that was the first thing that I, I, I was just completely blown away by. Yeah, and um, like I said before, like that could that whole opening sequence that works by itself as its own story. Like absolutely, that's like a that's like an award winning short film. Absolutely, that whole opening sequence. Absolutely. Um, the second thing that I sort of picked up with this music and a lot of the images is it that is this when they were playing the the singing the the woman that sings no kind of, that or was is that earlier th- th- in that so sequence? they they so they they played that singing um uh over the the winter sequence of that's right of just showing houses like more, and trees it was like it was like yeah. like horror movie yeah. sense kind of stuff yeah. like i i don't know enough about music to really like define yeah. it that way but it was very much like it was like a horror score mm-hmm. um and you're seeing someone like going through fucking despair, right? But the, okay, so the second thing that I thought of when I saw that shot, and I was I was hearing this music, and I was like like just witnessing that 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 just this complete uh, it was like an undistilled uh, undistilled feeling of of despair. I was like, man, if I were on shrooms and watched this movie, I would have a fucking awful awful time which is going to come back later is that why you freaked out when oh, you're watching that scene oh okay. yeah so okay. we can go right into that right yeah. so the scene where they do shrooms you started like freaking out dog that is the most accurate depiction of <laughs> of, of of a shroom trip that i've ever seen in my entire life it was crazy not, and subtle too and it's like not exactly it's yeah. very subtle but like so uh, for anyone that hasn't done shrooms before there's a a visual thing that you get with uh, with with shrooms, and it's also very like psychological as well as like as far as like how you think, like how you think becomes different. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 first thing that you usually uh, pick up, you, like, you get giggles, uh, and then you, you start seeing uh, like colors are like more saturated, and then like lines start to blur, and then it becomes like this the wavy weird, shit that wavy yeah. like whenever anything moves, it's like it's almost it's almost like you're seeing like the, like. Uh, like like everything starts to turn to rubber mm. um and it's just like amorphous and wispy um but that fucking scene where she takes mushrooms right and she goes through a bad trip mm-hmm. it's not just interesting visually like you're seeing like all these and like but the fucking paranoia that she yeah. starts to get and the anxiety she starts to get dog <laughs> dog i've been on a bad trip <laughs> That shit is fucking really scary, and that that poor paranoia that takes over. God, it's fucking depicted so well in this film. Um, so there's that, right? And, and there's a few. Even that's not that the, there's a, there's a few sequences things. where they incorporate that, mm-hmm. like later on in the movie, yep. when she's wearing all the flowers and stuff, and Jack Rayner is is having a bad trip. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you noticed, but like like all the little like oh, all the little the flowers, little flowers are like opening and closing. Which sort is of. also like it's not just interesting and like a visual like oh like they're on shrooms and like things are moving and breathing mm-hmm. and shit because that shit happened. And when you wave, look at like waves. when you look at it when you look at a tree, it, it, yeah. it, it looks like it's flowing. The whole like landscape that, right? behind her is like now, doing a weird. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, it's just very amorphous. It yeah. looks like things are alive like and breathing. It's like, you know, like when you add, like when you look at a, a lung that isn't breathing, mm-hmm. right? And then you look at a lung that is breathing. That's kind of what it looks like. When people talk about like it's breathing, it's not like they have a mouth. It's just like they're, they're, moving, they're moving in a way yeah. where, where it feels like it's alive. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
so, so the flower thing of the little flowers opening up, I felt like that was an interesting, n- not only in a like visual, oh, look, they're tripping kind of way, mm-hmm. but a, like an interesting thematic element. Like, like uh, there's so many, hey, there's just, 10% of the symbols and the metaphors that are that are given to you through this movie you're only going to notice that you're going to pick up on through one watch of this film. Yeah. I can't wait to fucking see this movie mm-hmm. again, man. I probably enjoy this movie more than Hereditary and I really fucking like yeah. Hereditary. Um but the the little flower things I picked like I at least this is what I thought. I thought like, oh, that's like an interesting kind of like fertility kind of thing, mm. you know? Like like it reminded me of uh do you know who Georgia uh, Georgia O'Keeffe is? I know uh, sure the name sounds familiar. Yeah, Georgia O'Keeffe is a uh, as a, a painter, uh, but she painted a lot of um, flowers that they look like vaginas. Mm. They look like vaginas. So there's like an interesting like there's just an interesting correlation there, like amongst like a lot of like American culture and stuff, and not just American culture, but like in culture of like flowers relating to the fertility. Yeah. Well, to 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 fertility and and life and and genitals specifically female <laughs> genitalia. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot of weird so, genitalia art in this movie. Oh, dog! I love it. There's a bunch of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, so yeah, that's like kind of what I thought of, like like when those like like flowers were sort of opening up, and like we had already witnessed like a whole bunch of yeah. like sort of sexy stuff going on, <laughs> right? <laughs> up until that point, so you know, like I didn't I didn't think that was like a a, a, a huge uh, leap um, coming to mm. that conclusion. Uh, but okay, so God, I, I don't know where to fucking tackle all the different things that I enjoyed about this movie. There's man. a lot, dude. A lot happened. I'm really movie. excited. Um, <clears throat> so I'll just I'll just go right into the character and then this relationship. Yeah, between which is kind of the center fold of the movie. Danny and Christian, and there was something so. I talked about how like you can only pick up on like ten percent of the the, the symbolism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and a lot of movies are like that. You're never really watching a hundred percent of the movie. You know what I mean? And like, even if you're watching a hundred percent of the movie, right, and you pick up on all of it, like someone else is watching a different version of that hundred percent of the movie because mm-hmm. they have different perspectives and shit, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if an anthropologist, uh, anthropologist, <laughs> uh if an anthropologist uh, started watching this movie, right, they would be picking up on a lot of different mm-hmm. things than we would. Yeah. Right. Um, now what I found interesting, uh, I, I enjoy watching movies that like sort of give me a different view of myself. Right. And I thought that was really interesting that like one of the things that I didn't really pick up on, one of the things that a lot of people, it, it, it seemed much more intuitive to, to them than it did to me. Um, and I realized it once I was watching this interview with Ari Aster and he was in front of, uh, it, it seemed like a bunch of college students and he was being interviewed but he brought up the character of Christian and everyone instantly like there was like a like kind of a, a, a dull boo. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's kind of a dick. Said, he's kind of a dick. So throughout like I, my instant reaction to that reaction was like, Oh, that's he's like, weird. he's like just enough of a fake nice person to get away with being a dick. So here's the thing, right? So like, Ari Aster started talking about him more and like and talking specifically about the, the the character of Christian, and then I watched another interview with Jack Rayner, uh, talking about the character of Christian and how he approached it. And basically, Jack Rayner was saying like, um, that 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 when he read the script, it seemed like like uh, Christian was more of a one note sort of 
dickish character that mm-hmm. he's like more of a douchebag than what he really wanted to do and that he wanted to add a little bit more like gray areas and a little bit more um interesting stuff so there wasn't so one note so and okay so my ultimate point here is that like i was really interested like in that like i never really thought christian is a piece of shit i never thought that i thought he's doing piece of shit things and I I think this is colored by a lot of things uh probably like the most superficial of which was the the fact that like seeing Jack Rayner in Sing Street like it made me realize like how fucking charismatic this dude is Mm -hmm. he's like a really enjoyable character in Mm -hmm. that movie um so I sort of already had that connection going in right uh, B yeah, probably like the most deep rooted thing of this is that like I've been on the other side, I've been the male figure of a of a codependent relationship mm-hmm. in, before in my life, mm-hmm. um, and I know how I didn't even know what codependent was at the point at that point. Um, I just know how unhealthy it felt, mm-hmm. um, and so like. I identified with Christian a lot. I mean, his name's fucking Christian. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from yeah. being Christopher, right? But, uh, but I throughout the entire movie, I was thinking like, man, why the fuck are you doing that? That's like I've I've done I've made that mistake before, yeah. you know. And like, there's literal mistakes that he's he's made before, um, that 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 he made throughout the movie. That I'm like, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I didn't call my mom for her birthday this year. Because I can, I consistently forget. Tighten up, and it makes me feel awful. Tighten up, dude. Right? Christian didn't do that, or Christian forgot. Yeah. About his girlfriend's birthday in this movie. When she like specifically said a few scenes earlier, like we'll be landing on my birthday, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, not only that, like so the, the most blatant, like the, the, this, this besides him like having sex with a different girl, obviously, right. The most blatant, like, subtle thing where you're like, uh, he's a piece of shit is when she's asking him about, I think it's when Connie goes missing and he, she's really worried about it. And he's like, or no, she, she tells him, uh, I forget the boyfriend's name, the British guy, Robin, maybe. Um, she's like, he left without her. And Christian's like, well, that's what he's like, what a dick move. And then he turns right, like he like turns right back to the guy and starts asking him about like cultural, like yeah. he completely ignores the situation. That's exactly. like the most like blatant moment of him being, being like, he doesn't really care about other people. Like you can kind of get that vibe off of them. Yeah. Yeah. He like yeah. fakes the proper response and then immediately turns into right. what I care about. Yeah. And, well, and here's the thing. So like, I'm obviously like my, my reaction to Christian's character, like, and like I, I, it is, I, I guess, for the most part, wrong because obviously, like Arias, like he he wrote that character to mm-hmm. be a douchebag, yeah. right? But I think you know, in the performances and everything, I and mean, obviously, like Arias, I don't think that he writes fucking one note characters. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Like I, I think that dude's really fucking smart, and even if he's like intending to create a douchebag, he's gonna create a really <clears throat> well. I mean, you're a more douchebag. interesting douchebag if there's things to like about you. Exactly, yeah. and uh, and. Uh, I think the thing is, and what's really fascinating about Christian's character is that there's so many, all of these different things that happen, right, are very easily justifiable. Um, And the way that he justifies it was the exact way that I justified it in my head as an audience member. Um, The the whole 
like that, what you were talking about when uh, when Robin goes missing, mm-hmm. right? And he goes back to that conver- a conversation. I was just like, well, he just thinks that she's over overreacting, mm-hmm. which is a common thing with when Simon, you know someone. Not Robin. Sorry, Simon. Um, um, so he he was he's been conditioned to like be more stoic and be not and 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 not overreact. So like he he wants to be more of that rock, which was like end up being his downfall in a way. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring this up. So uh, Ari Oster said something that was really interesting in in this interview when he was talking about the movie and its relationship in, in its relation to to Danny, right? And he said. Uh, for Danny, this is a perverse wish fulfillment fantasy. Excuse me. For Danny, per- this perverse is a wish fulfillment fantasy. For Danny, this is a perverse wish fulfillment fantasy. The movie is the 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 yeah for the end of the movie specifically. So or like the trip. I, would say, I mean, I would say that I mean the entire journey is right. Ultimately, resulting in what she wants in mm-hmm. in, in this wish fulfillment, right? So. Danny is absolutely codependent, correct? Mm-hmm. Which is unhealthy. And she talks about it. And yeah, and she, yeah, in and, the beginning of the movie, and she's, and she's aware of it. But like at the same, she time, needs a better therapist. By the way, she needs a better therapist. She, they, yeah, they're probably. like, so I think Will Poulter's like, she needs a therapist, and then Jack Reiner's like, mm-hmm. she has one. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I found it really interesting. Like. They're both very unhealthy. This relationship yeah. is very unhealthy. Well, honestly, they shouldn't be together. They shouldn't be together. Yeah, exactly. that's like the root of it. Exactly. They shouldn't be together. And uh, this ends up being, uh, you know, a fucking a crazy breakup movie, mm. right? Um, but I found it really interesting the and how her the relationship between her codependence and that wish wish fulfillment. You know, like what is everything that she would need, right? When you're saying wish fulfillment, you mean to kill him? So it's not just about killing him, right? So it's about what killing him represents. Okay. Right? And uh, I'm not sure if it was Ari Oster that brought this up or if I saw saw this in a different video, but like basically that that burning of the house, Mm -hmm. you know, and the the, the nine lives that they gave to the the gods or whatever. It's fucking wild shit. It's completely nuts. This movie goes fucking crazy. It's basically like the equivalent, like psychologically, right, to. Uh, a girl like burning the photos of her ex boyfriend. Okay. Right. It's 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 a cathartic like. Just way I'm more starting intense. Anew. Just way more intense. Uh, obviously, yeah. but that but <clears throat> another thing that Ari Oster said in this interview was that he wanted to mimic the intensity of a breakup and how it feels when you're actually in it. Because the problem with like depicting a breakup over film is like it's it there's a degree of separation there. Like you're not actually mm-hmm. going through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're not actually going through a breakup, for the most part, you're like, well. They'll get over it. Yeah, that's kind of it's yeah. kind of like like what you think. Yeah. Um, and he didn't. He, he wanted to mimic the grandiosity and the the cataclysmic nature of a breakup. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting and in like how he depicted it. It's like almost like this entire movie is is something that's going on uh, uh, through Florence Pugh's head, through uh, through Danny's head. Um, now, so 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 going back to the the, the wish fulfillment thing. And, and, and what it represents. Like, the thing that she needed the most, right? Like, and, and obviously, codependent relationships are unhealthy, right? But in a way, she needed a society that is by its nature codependent. And that's exactly kind of like what this... Uh, Don't ask me what it's called. 
I don't remember. It's a weird Swedish name. Right. Um, <laughs> but that's what this commune kind of represents. Like, they're not only like like do they do they share everything and everything's mm-hmm. like very communal but like their emotions themselves are very communal like mm-hmm. yeah when they, when they when they mourn they all mourn like like they all go crazy at the same time they when they all get as, happy at the same time when, yeah. when they're going through agony they're all yeah. when they're when they're going through orgasms they're all yeah. fucking orgasming at the Yo, exact same so time right weird. so it's there's like a weird shared necessity for emotion um, that was like that. I was like that. That's exactly what that character needed, mm-hmm. right? She needed to separate from the someone who was more interdependent. Is it what she as actually needed, as or is it what she thought she needed? I think that's an. Inter- it's an. I don't know. Because I, I think you could. It's, I mean, it's absolutely what she wanted. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, like the things that happen are awful. Yeah. Completely awful. Yeah. Everything that happens here is terrible. Mm-hmm. So like. I don't think that's what anyone actually needed. I think that if you're looking at it objectively, but I'm, I'm talking about what she feels. So she yeah, needs. it's what she yeah. thinks she needs. What yeah. she feels she needs yeah. was exactly what played out in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, did you feel like this ending was cathartic? Like, did you feel like a, like I, cause I, I didn't, I could understand that it was cathartic for Danny's character, but I didn't feel like, like I, I, and I I felt like this, uh, through both hereditary as well as midsummer that there's, when I was walking out of the movies, like I felt inner turmoil and like almost kind of sick. Yeah. Um, that's something that I sort of picked up. So like, I don't know what you mean. Like cathartic, like, for the audience or for, like, I didn't even get it for, I was just confused. I was like, yeah. why is Danny doing this? Doing this. Yeah. Why is Danny doing this? How many times have we said that over in the podcast? Why is <laughs> Danny? Game of, Game of Thrones. Oh <laughs> yeah. Why is Danny doing it? I was like, I like, uh, it's like the fucking Andy Bernard overreaction. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I think there was a, there was a point. Okay. So like after the, May Queen crowning thing. Mm-hmm. The movie goes completely fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like I was a step behind the movie at that point. I was like, why are these things happening? Why is she making the decisions she's yeah. making? Yeah. Why is Jack making the decisions he's mm-hmm. making? Right. Because like up until that point, even though they were like, it was almost out of like self-sufficiency, they were making the like correct choice. You know what I mean? It was like they were giving a multiple choice test in life and they were making the right choice. They just weren't doing it um, enthusiastically. You know what I mean? Like when, when presented with Danny being upset, Jack Rayner says, console. When presented with, you know, uh, whether or not to make Jack's or Christian's friends angry, Danny chooses like conform to friendship. Like You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, which may or may not be the right decision, but like they're doing things that are feasible throughout the movie. You're like, okay, I get why they're reacting mm-hmm. in this way. They clearly don't, they shouldn't be dating each other, but they're like making it work right. in the moment. And, it, and it's, it's still reasonable. Like, yeah, there's it's a reasonable. But reasonability. then right when, when so the, the girl gives him the, the drink and he's like, he makes, again, the right decision. He's like, I don't want to have a bad trip. And then she's like, you won't, you'll be fine. Then he was like, he makes the wrong decision and he mm-hmm. drinks that shit. Mm-hmm. And from there on, that movie goes fucking wild. Yeah. And he has that insane sex scene 
And like, I don't know why he went in there in the first place. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be tripping. So like, I don't know if it impairs your judgment, like to where he would be making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Or, and I don't know why she's like, when they're like, you get to pick between the dude you've been dating for four years. I mean, and who was there for you at the lowest point of your life or this dude you've never fucking met before. And you have to pick one of them to get burned to death. Yeah. That she picked the dude that she, she'd known, you know. That she'd been dating for four years and yeah. was there for at the lowest point of her life. Yeah. Just got wild. I feel like I was behind it. I feel like I didn't understand why things were happening. Okay. Okay. So the, the, the cathartic thing for me did not land. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, like, I think one of the most interesting things about Ari Aster's films, uh, just with Hereditary and with Midsummer, and this is something that I enjoy a lot, um, with movies is juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've talked about like bittersweet endings before Mm -hmm. and Maroon five and how much I enjoy it. It, it, Yeah. And Maroon five and just (laughs) how much I enjoy and how much I enjoy, um, bittersweetness, but like bittersweetness is like almost bittersweet endings is is almost too specific. You know what I mean? Cause it's just like, it's like two emotions. Whereas like that, the endings I, I enjoy like the endings to my films to like just induce thought you know i wanted to be thought provoking and i I wanted to and i I wanted to induce a lot of conflicting emotions and that this movie it still did that for Mm -hmm. me um there was still i i wasn't unconfused i I was very confused um i was very like angry in a way i was um stunned i was uh you know I, i also thought that it was beautiful <laughs> that's another thing we got to talk no, the about the movie's and gorgeous that like the cinematography but yeah, for nuts for both these films like on every level I'm this is hereditary hereditary um Ariester likes mirrors gorgeous fucking movies yeah there's a lot of mirror work in this film like there, there was one part in the movie where i was like they just did that too much mirror too close together yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like two shots where like mm-hmm. they kind of did the exact same thing yeah. and the first time it was like i was like oh that's really cool mm-hmm. um it was just really interesting camera work and then they did it in like kind of like the next scene space out your mirror work man and i was like but here's the <laughs> thing here's the thing so apparently uh this movie was going to receive an nc-17 rating mm-hmm. but uh they cut 30 minutes from the film uh yeah so i that saw that in his could, in his ama because he was like yeah i'm working on the director's cut yeah which I'm fucking hyped for. <laughs> Give me fucking 30 minutes more yeah. of that movie. So there could have been another scene uh, in between those. Yeah, that's true. And it, it was spaced out more nicely. Um, but yeah, so another thing. Dude, I, I don't, like, what would it take to get it? What's in those cut scenes to give it an NC-17? Like, why? How could it be more fucked up? Yeah, is, like, are you saying? come on. Well, just like, how many NC-17 movies are there? I've seen way more like fucked up movies than this. Well, an NC seventeen rating, like I don't know how much you know about rating shit, but like NC seventeen rating is basically like a, it's like the fucking dark mark. It's like like if you get an NC seventeen rating, like you're gonna do everything that you can to not to not NC, have it, yeah. to not have it. Like you're gonna do everything that you can in order to make it seem less violent and shit like that, so that it can get an R rating because not a, like. I think NC-17 ratings, like, only a certain amount of theaters we'll like, have the them. license to show oh, okay. them. Okay. Um, so it, you're just going to make way, way, way less more money yeah. if, you, if your movie has an NC-17 yeah, yeah, rating. Yeah. So, like, um, so yeah, like, getting an NC-17 rating initially is like, well, that's not what the end movie is going to be. We don't ha- we're going to have to yeah. change it somehow. Um, 
but we're talking about how fucked up the movie is. So on the the IMDb thing, they have like a little ratings uh, thing, and they they break down into five different categories, mm-hmm. right? So it says. And I thought it was kind of funny. So it says sex and nudity, severe <laughs> violence and gore, severe alcohol, drugs, smoking, severe frightening slash intense scenes, severe profanity, moderate. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe There's some F bombs, you know, they say fuck so sometimes. Maybe, yeah, maybe like no one said cunt. That's, <laughs> you know, maybe if someone said that, that's what pushed oh it over to the NC 17 rating. Um, but yeah, I'm really interesting. Uh, interested to see the. I, I wonder if cut. maybe the cut stuff has more of the. So we see like the the, um. The end version of gore and and violence, like we see Simon strung up in that room, and we see if it shows more of the process. Yeah, of exactly. It. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe because I like when you said, violence and gore severe. I don't really. Think of the movie as being really violent. Really. No. What? I'm trying to they, think. The hammer? The hammer's fucked up. <laughs> that's true. The hammer's There's fucked still up. a fucking skull getting But that's like, it's in. one scene. And then like the end. There's lingers. a bur- That's what? like a five minute scene. And like. It's a good scene, dude. That, oh, could, that scene's fucking incredible. amazing. It's that fucking scene's incredible. amazing. And it's th- that scene. So that scene is very similar to a scene that's in Hereditary. I wish we could do like a, a slash fucking. I haven't seen it. But you haven't seen it, so. I won't, I won't spoil anything, but there is a, a very violent scene in Hereditary that basically, it, it, it's very consequential to the characters mm-hmm. um, for the rest of the movie. And uh, yeah, it's haunting and it fucking sticks with you, man. Um, and I'm, I'm probably not going to lose that image mm-hmm. uh, of of them d- diving off of the cliff and yeah. then getting their fucking skulls masked in with a wooden hammer. Whew. Yeah, what that dude chose a strange technique. Okay. Well, I mean, the the woman, she jumped face first. She belly flopped oh, onto yeah. a rock. She no. knew what was coming, and she was oh, like, yeah. "I'm making this as quick as possible." And he was like, "That no. dude jumped straight feet first. Yeah, he knew you're not gonna die that from that yeah. height that way, dude. That's what are you whack. doing? That's yeah, fucking stupid. What are you stupid. doing, man? <laughs> you gotta go face first. Like she went face first into a rock. Yeah. This dude was like, "Oh no!" He was like, jumped on the ground next to the rock with his feet. Yeah. What do you think you're gonna land? With fucking pencil dive. I Come on, like, man. Um. Then they gotta, yeah, they gotta like, sma- Then all the people start freaking out. They I gotta wonder, smash you with a hammer. It seemed like my first reaction was like, I think I feel like he did that on purpose. I feel like it might be, have something to do with the ritual. I don't because, know. Like it, it, I don't it know because like they freaked was, out. Like the people like freaked out about they it. They freaked out, but like, like they were they were prepared though. They had the hammer ready. That yeah, big ass hammer. Exactly. They had the hammer ready and. Oh no! See, I got the vibe that they're supposed to die when they jump, but they—if they don't—they have that hammer just in case. Yeah, that, that, that's the that vibe I got. Because uh, because be the way that they, everyone in the commune like started moaning and like right. being afraid, right. it was like they were afraid the spirit wasn't going to pass on or whatever. Well, I think I don't I don't think it was that. I think that it was just he was in agony. They were sharing that agony. Yeah. To me, that's what that that every time that you see that like mm-hmm. communal like emotions being shared, like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it is. Like they're not. Uh, you know, freaking out that Florence Pugh is going to yeah. to leave the commune. They're like, oh, she's she's going through something right now. We're going to completely mimic that. Yeah, it's so fucking <gasps> strange. So fucking yeah, strange, it's very man. Weird. Um, <clears throat> I would. Before I saw this movie, the odds of me going on a trip to a Swedish commune were really were really were really low. It was already like one percent. It was already really low. That's a hard zero. Now it's a hard zero. <laughs> 
Especially like if I showed up, looked around, and I was like, hold up. There's only seven people that aren't from this commune here. That's sketchy. <laughs> That's sketchy. Right. Two dudes brought people. That sounds like a snatch job to me. <laughs> I'm just, you know, it seems fishy. So I know he's your friend. We got to talk but about But he's kind of weird. We got to talk about this because I think it's like a decent, I think it's a decent theory. Mm-hmm. Do you think that all of this was set out by the Swedish friend and that commune together? Yeah, I think this happens every 90 years. They say it. No, 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 no. Like, not, not just the, 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 the killing, right? But killing, uh, fuck, God, I always, Danny's family. Do you oh. think that was done by the Swedish friend in order to mm. get? There's no evidence of that. So apparently there was like a flower crown next to the of. bed uh, when, uh, next to the parents' bed. Um, like, and there, there, there was a lot of like That's little subtle. symbols. That's subtle. I mean, it's possible. See, I noticed. I noticed that, like, all, a lot of their, um, because I was looking for it. There was a lot of like in, in the wallpapers as well as yeah, the bed yeah, sheets yeah. and stuff like that. There was a lot of flowers uh-huh. in the parents' homes, and it was very like very much not that in Florence Pugh's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very like contemporary and like not very floral. She did have at some all. dead plants though. Yeah, which I think is even even more of a symbol. To I like, literally like it cut to that scene, and I was like. It was like after the title card and it like cut to her like being depressed on the bed mm-hmm. and then Jack Rayner comes in and then shows the room and I saw the dead plants and I was like, good touch. Yeah. Just, it's solid. just, you know, solid. Solid. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that theory, that's, uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it could be, I, I don't think that, I don't, that seems like a headcanon thing no matter what. I would have to see the movie again as well as the director's cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't. I'm not against it. I don't think that that's. Well, yeah, like, I'm not against it. It's just kind of like there's. It doesn't there's have to be true. So much coming from him, from from the the Swedish friend. I forgot his fucking name. But um, Pele, Pele. Yeah, yeah. damn. Good like pull. the soccer player. Yeah. Um. So there was so much coming from Pele in 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 reg- uh, in regards to bringing Danny along. He was so happy about he it. He was so happy about it. Very encouraging. Yo, that like creeped me out. Every step of that the way. That creeped me out immediately. He was like, he was trying to get her to be the May Queen. Mm-hmm. And like, there was just, like, he knew when her birthday was, mm-hmm. right? And which was like, literally on the first day of that fucking festival. In his defense. She's, she literally told him. Exactly. But like. <laughs> Not that hard. But sure, sure. <laughs> um, but like, but he still, he still knew. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it aligned perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was that, there was also, uh, you know, the, the fact that she's in her early twenties and fucking like, she's in the midsummer of her life, mm-hmm. uh, in regards to like what their culture yeah. believes. Right. But another weird one, uh, that I thought was pretty interesting was when the, when his dad or whatever was, was fucking there not, not his dad, because it's his not dad his dad, dad, dad. It's just his dad. Yeah. Like <laughs> his Faja, um, uh, came up and he introduced uh, him to the entire group. She right? focused on Danny and was like, I'm so glad you're here. So not the woman. What are you, what are you talking about? The dad, dude. The, okay. So the dad said, welcome to everyone except for Danny. For Danny, he said, welcome home. I thought that was a really interesting yeah, little yeah. touch. I caught that too. That was like, I was like, it, it seems like there's I just feel, this ev- inevitability that they have. In I their feel like Pele and towards. creepy friend, other mm-hmm. Swedish dude who is obviously a creepo were sent out on this weird thing to go get people to come back and murder. And then he was like, yo, I just hit the jackpot. Yeah. He was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I found a fucking able bodied, attractive, healthy, distraught, distraught 
mid twenties female to bring back to my commune and brainwash yeah. into yeah. like uh, not letting the the bloodlines be t- you know crossed too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was like jackpot, m- money, money, baby. Yeah, and then that dude saw but that, that. Doesn't necessarily mean that he had to have set the entire exactly. Time. And then that dude, and then the the older dude saw that, and he was like, "Oh, this this kid did work." And mm-hmm. you know what happened because of that? He didn't have to get burned alive, mm-hmm. like his friend, his brother, right? Brother, I think I think yeah. everyone's his brother and everyone's his sister. Oh, okay. He was calling everybody brother and sister. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Although they do look alike, but like. Most Swedish people seem to look alike based on this movie. <laughs> I love that joke, by the way. When when Will Poulter's like, "What's with all the women here? How are they so hot?" And then Josh, uh, the character Josh is like, "All the Vikings took all the good women and brought them back here." Yeah, it's like actually like super <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So we always we always talk about the, the recommendation of movies. Like, would you recommend this movie? And to I, me, to me, I would only recommend this movie to certain people. Yeah, you can only yeah. recommend it to certain people. I wouldn't tell my parents to watch this movie. They wouldn't like it. I'd recommend my parents to watch no, this movie. No, yeah, your parents probably like it. Your dad would definitely yeah. like it. My parents would not like it. my parents it. are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad would be like, what did I just watch? <laughs> Why did he tell me to watch that? Um, my mom would probably like be like distraught by it. She'd be like, this is no, upsetting. Dude. Fucking Serpent the Rainbow is like one of my dad's favorite movies. Like <laughs> he'd fucking really enjoy Midsummer. Um, yeah. So there was another quote from Jack uh, Jack Rayner that I I wanted to share. That he 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 brought up this uh, really interesting thing about like this lens that we were uh, that 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 the audience does as well as the characters are putting th- uh, uh, on this festival on this entire culture, and how you're kind of playing this game where you're like. Okay, so like we need to acclimate, mm-hmm. right? He literally says, "But that, how yeah. far can this go?" Yeah, right. Like how? I uh, mean, to him, all the way in. Yeah. I mean, ah, see what I did there? Yeah, ah. and then and then out, and then yeah. Yeah. and then out, and then. It. <gasps> Dude, that scene is so wild and weird. When she like you were like like giggling at one point because it's so ridiculous, and yeah. then when she started pushing on his butt, I lost yeah. it. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. It was too ridiculous. Yeah. Seems like a fun party, man. Yeah, wild party. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure if I have anything else really. I fucking love this movie. This is one of uh, man. I I really yeah. I don't it. like it as much as you. I can understand. To that. me, I'm like and this is a really, really well made. Like obviously, yeah. it's it's really well it's just, made. I don't think it's in great your acting. Yeah, it's just not in my wheelhouse. It's exactly. like exactly. It's like this is some freaky shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But like I like I like I don't know if I would be excited to rewatch it. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I want to watch Hereditary and Midsummer again. Yeah. I'm just glad the Pew Pew train is rolling along. Cause did you? Okay, so that I mean. You definitely really enjoyed that, right? Fucking yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. Fucking incredible. She's amazing. So th- I mean, that's something that I've noticed in in both. Of, well, Tony uh, Collette in Hereditary. Tony Collette in Hereditary was just absolutely phenomenal. There was Oscar well buzz Lawrence for her in movie. Hereditary. Yeah. I don't think she ended up getting nominated, no. but there was talk about it when the movie came out. Yeah. Um, um. So I mean, that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to, uh, as far as what Ariaster you you said that you saw it in his AMA that mm. he was looking forward to making things that aren't horror. Yeah, movies. he said he's he doesn't want to do another horror movie for at least mm-hmm. another three or four movies. Right. He's I think he said he wants to do a comedy next. Which I think there's like subtle moments in this movie where you see there's comedy chops to him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's uh, there, there's definitely funny. There's moments. funny parts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I'm still interested in seeing. It, he he's proven that he can get really fucking good performances across the board oh, yeah. out of people. Um, oh yeah, especially his leads. So I'm fucking really excited in whatever he chooses. Oh to yeah, make. I'll see whatever movie he makes. I'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're saying that you still wouldn't see Hereditary? No, I, like I, would, I would see Hereditary, but there's just other you shit probably to wouldn't, see. You probably wouldn't like dude, it. Dude, I just fucking finished Barry. Now I gotta watch Euphoria, dude. Yeah. Too much time. Mm-hmm. Too much time. Um. Although I have watched a lot of movies lately. I just, like, be, seeing a Hereditary, I've gotta be in a mindset for it. I feel like being in a movie theater instantly changes my my mood. No, right. I'm ready to watch. If I'm in a movie theater, I'm right. like, I'm watching this shit. You're like, whatever it yeah. is, I'm fully invested. Yeah. When I'm home, like, watching. You have your phone. Yeah. Like, and like, I'm watching, watching, movie, behind you and watching shit, a movie making... like Hereditary, I'm like, I, like, I want to be fully invested into watching that movie. Whereas, like, the other day, I fucking watched Point Blank on Netflix because I like Anthony Mackie and Frank Grillo, and yeah. it was like a silly, fun yeah. movie. Yeah. And I don't have to be invested in it. It's way easy to be, like, way more passive when you're watching movies when yeah. you're, like, in your home. Exactly. I would argue though as a counterpoint about specifically watching hereditary in the theater i think that it might actually be better to watch by yourself because uh, is, is there are the same reasonings you told me that it was going to be good to watch paranormal activity in a small dark room i mean obviously like watching any horror movie in a kind of like a scary situation can exemplify but i'm not talking about that specifically i'm oh, okay. talking about the the line of absurdity and how oh, that okay. uh, how that kind of can can fuck with an audience's expectations and their reactions right mm-hmm. so it j- just like in this movie you know how like you have the scene where the the woman's pushing against Ra- mm-hmm. jack rainer's butt and yeah. fucking and in order to fuck it's 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 comical in a way and like yeah. and, like we saw it in a theater that didn't have a lot of people in it yeah because we waited a couple weeks which was i premiered. think good because yeah. in that moment uh, there would have been a lot of laughter apparently mm-hmm. like a, a lot of people that saw it in a, in a crowded theater, the entire crowd laughed at that. Cause it's ridiculous. So it can, it's very ridiculous. But the thing is a lot of people can misinterpret that yeah. and be like, well, okay, obviously this movie is not doing what it's supposed to. Right. But no, it's just being somewhat absurd. It's treading mm-hmm. that line. Right now. I think that there's a lot of moments, especially in the third act of hereditary where it gets like that. I watched it in a crowded theater th- theater and there was a lot of laughter mm-hmm. and I remember throughout the movie being, being like, that was my first reaction was, well, they're not doing what they supposed, they're supposed to be doing. They're not actually achieving what they're intending to do. They're supposed to be being scary, but it ends up being funny. But it's not. No, because I think a lot of people have different lines where they're going to laugh too. Like, exactly. well, and, yeah. and you can also like laugh from discomfort. Yeah, like a nervous like, laughter kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there, you can also laugh from straight up fucking trauma. I well. laughed at the butt pushing because I was uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was disturbing. Yeah, um, but like, they're, they're uh, psycho. People are fucking way more like psychologically deep than they they want to give themselves credit to. Like, people are like, oh, why would someone laugh at trauma? Like, uh, fucking, there are plenty of people that go through like like seeing their houses burnt down and they laugh, yeah. and fucking firefighters show up and they're yeah. like laughing hysterically. Yeah, the fucking human mind is really fucking complex. It's a weird, and it's fucking a weird place. Strange. It's a weird place. So like, I, I don't I don't think it's as like. Uh, Bipolar is just mm. saying like, oh, well, they didn't achieve horror and now people are laughing. So like yeah. I could see how watching Hereditary by yourself in your room and, and just only witnessing your own reactions to the mm-hmm. to the film can actually cater to a better ex- experience. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Midsummer, if you like 
What what kind of movie goer do you have to be where you like you would be like you would like Midsummer? Uh, if you like Roman Polanski movies, if you like Cronenberg movies, if you like, uh, if you're if you're interested in any kind of body horror, if you're if you like Hereditary, I would say definitely yeah. watch this. movie. If you're down with feeling unsettled, oh yeah, like <laughs> if, if you're if you are just if you're into horror, if you're into. Uh, if, if you're okay with violence and gore and just Do you feeling... think it's anyone that's into horror, though? I, th- I feel like you misattribute horror. Like, bit. if you're the type of person like... who's like, I love horror movies, but you really just like jump scares? I feel like what you're doing with horror is kind of what people do with rap music. Mm. I, I just, I, and I feel like they're super similar in a lot of ways. Mm. Like a lot of people are just like, Oh, like I don't like, like, like jump scares are the, fu- are like an eight Oh eight beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a very superficial things that, that, that can be utilized by really talented artists, you know, mm. um, fucking like hereditary still has jump scares. Mm-hmm. This um, movie. Oh, there's one when she goes in the outhouse, there's kind of a jump scare. There. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I, th- I think that the the audience that that normally likes horror movies, I think that there's a, a portion of them that are like you know the little pump horror movie. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I think that exists, you yeah. know. But um, and if they go out and see it and then they don't like it, then whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, fuck off. Like, go listen to more little pump. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, it's like to me, that's like a pretty interesting litmus test. Yeah. Um, like if you if you fucking watch this movie and you probably don't like it. If you watch this movie and you can at least admit to its achievements, oh. I would say you don't have to like it. Sure. Uh, yeah, if no, someone I told me that. they didn't like it summer, yeah, I would true, understand. True, it. I but if you couldn't admit to its achievements, I would be like, you're weird. True. What's wrong with you? Yeah, true. I misspoke. Yeah. Like if you can't just admit that, like it's, it's a well-crafted film. Yeah. yeah. So we don't fucking hour dog. Yes. Yeah. Lots to unpack. Good. Lots to unpack in this movie. Um, you know what we're doing next week? Like it's our problem free podcasty. We're doing Lion King. <laughs> Solid. Yeah, we're doing Lion King. I'm excited. Seven. <laughs> was it because podcasty is not a real word? I just forced <laughs> it to rhyme. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a stretch. Yeah. But. Um. Yeah, we're doing Lion King next week. I'm excited. You could have said like pod- podcasting spree. Oh, Son dang of it, bitch! Son of bitch! Hindsight bias, Hindsight, dude. Hindsight, dude. <laughs> that's why. That's why you write things before you perform them. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Lion King next week. Look forward to that. Um, yeah. Talk about a fucking switch. 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 Up. Well, I mean, last week shift. we did Spider Man, so we Jesus. already did it. We already we we did the hop. Now we're gonna do the skip. That's a fucking, that's a, a Euro step. The hop, a different we're doing total. the hop from Spidey to Midsummer, mm-hmm. the skip from Midsummer to Lion King, and then the jump from Lion King to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Fun month. Um, yeah, so look forward to that. Check us out on the, on the onlines. ChrisMichaelStott.com, ChrisMichaelStott on Instagram, Davinwell25 for me on Twitter and Instagram, the show, The Chris and Kyle Show on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram, all podcasting platforms. Woo. I don't know what happened there. there. I usually get through it. Yeah, so no, well. you're usually. <laughs> <laughs> um, TCAX pod on Twitter. We won't put a poll up for a couple weeks since we did this one early, but we will find one for next month. It may or may not be the uh, Dave Batista poll. We'll see. 
we'll see what else is coming out next month but it could be fun uh yeah that's gonna be it for us we will see you next week we out we out stay weird <laughs>